0: Hello and welcome to the happy-go-lucky, happy-time, fun-time entertainment show. I am your host. My computer's made noise. I am your host, Carl Littner. Uh, We're doing a special show today. A little while ago, I got a a message on Facebook from a friend who had the idea of taking my old show format and doing it as a happy, positive show during these crazy, hard COVID-19 times. And so I thought... I can't do a whole entire series of podcasts of being a happy-go-lucky person because that's not me. I'm always a glass-is-tipping-over kind of person. So, uh, But I I could do one episode where I am a positive, happy-go-lucky, joyful guy, and I'm selling it so well. So I decided to bring that person who's messaged me onto this episode where we try that out. And my guest is Amanda Herrera. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks for having me, Carl. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, you're one of my, I think you're my fourth Zoom, no, third Zoom guest, and one of them did not go very well, so hopefully this is <laughs> starting to get better and getting used to this. It's so hard to do this kind of show during these times of social distancing, but Absolutely. I appreciate this so much. I know you have experience with this. You are—you do several things through, via Zoom.
1: Yeah. You do, uh, you're a music um,
0: teacher, and you also do readings, right?
1: Yeah, so I'm a private voice teacher. I obviously used to do those lessons in person, um, but then I kind of had to switch to an online format and just force it to work, um, which is difficult because there's all anybody who's dealt with Zoom like knows that there's a horrible delay, and it's never actually going to be in real time. So if I'm playing on the piano and then I hear the student sing like half a second later, <laughs> you're like, oh is not great, you
0: know. Oh that I mean I'm having a hard time doing a podcast this way. I can't imagine lining up music so it sounds well via the computer. That's yeah. gotta be super hard. Um how long have you been uh, teaching music?
1: Um, I started teaching private voice lessons shortly after having my son. So it's been about like three years now.
0: Your son I swear he was just born. That's crazy. I,
1: it feels like that someday. <laughs> So yeah, he'll be four next year, which is like bonkers. But um, yeah, so about three years.
0: And uh, so, so has been going well. Uh, Have you got a lot of students, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot easier when I was teaching in person. I had a pretty steady flow of students. Um, I think. Well, I think anybody can agree that during this time period that we're all living through, everything's like really difficult. Yes. And so the number of students that I have now has definitely decreased, I think, because either people are taking time to just be with their families and like struggle through this or, um, you know, whatever their, their reasoning is, but, um, it's, it's, has been making it work. That's, you know?
0: that's cool. Are you, uh, are you self-taught or have you, uh, have you taken lessons yourself?
1: Yeah, so I was at, I'm actually classically trained. Um, I took voice lessons from age nine all the way, probably like mid middle of college, to so like age 20, 21. Um, and uh, so I sing opera, jazz. I, I mean, I can do any genre really. Um, although I don't think I would ever like touch death metal. That's like not my thing,
0: but, um, (laughs) What if if you had a student who wanted to learn, (laughs) wanted to learn death metal? You don't think you could, uh, could bring that out of them?
1: No, I know. It's funny as I actually did have a student who he was the lead singer of his death metal band and he wanted me to help him. And I was like, like, that's not exactly my forte, but I'm down. And we actually worked together for a bit and I made it work, but I was like, Hey, like, you know, any genre man like i can do it
0: and you're talking about yeah, like just like i'm more. you're talking about the kind of books where it's like and you're you like, can't understand Ooh. what they're saying and i was
1: like oh okay you know and i mean like not all death metal is just that obviously it's, no but my okay, brother listens to a
0: lot of that stuff we'll and i can't i can't listen to that <laughs> you, even the women the women sound exactly the same as the men you cannot differentiate yeah. it's crazy oh yeah um oh, yeah. so uh <laughs> Throw out your details for that. So if anyone's interested, I, I have very few listeners. So I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Oh, and one is okay. my dad. I doubt he's going to buy these lessons, but maybe <laughs> eventually somebody will come back here and listen to this stuff. Maybe uh,
1: somebody knows somebody else and so, then they'll tell that person.
0: Most definitely. So uh, um, is what's the, the info for that?
1: Oh yeah. So if you're interested in voice lessons, um, you can just go to my website. It's voicewithamanda.com. And, And there's all the information on there uh, to get a hold of me. I have my number on there. You can shoot me a text and um, we can set something up. I've finally figured out the Zoom format enough to make it work.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, And then something else I wanted to get into, like I said earlier, you do readings. Now I and Mm -hmm. most of my people that know me know I am very much a skeptic. I don't believe in anything supernatural or I believe anything that – that you don't have an explanation for off the bat has an explanation that we maybe don't know off the top of our heads. You do mm-hmm. uh is it psychic readings or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I tend to like stay away from that word, not because it's like a bad word, but I think there's a lot of connotation that goes with the word. Stigma.
0: Psychic.
1: Yeah, there is the stigma attached to it. Um, I think it makes people like think a lot of like, uh, I, this is like a horrible example, but do you remember Sylvia Brown? No. Okay. She was this very well-known psychic. She released uh, several books, but she was also like this horrible human being. And she was like a fraud. And it was this whole thing. It was very ugly. So I try try to stay away from that word. And so I've always like referred to it as intuitive readings because I have a very strong intuition. And so um, I do that as well as Oracle card readings, which is essentially using that same energy, but I'm using a deck of cards to kind of lay out what's going on in your life and to hopefully help you out because that's my um, my purpose in doing these readings is like I do it because I want to help people figure out what's going on in their lives and maybe like help them process some stuff. So, so it's,
0: it's, it's, it's almost kind of life coaching uh, with a little, a little bit, bit, bit. Of, of extra help is the way you see it.
1: Yeah, I see it very much like that. I think my, one of my, purposes in life is just genuinely to help people. And if, if there's different facets and modalities of doing that, then that's what I want to do. Cause I, I genuinely love helping people. So
0: that's just the yeah. opposite of me. My purpose in life is to spend as little time with other people as possible. <laughs> so
1: you're like, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> I was actually, I think I talked about this on the last episode, but a lot of people didn't hear that, including you. I was in uh, in middle school, Back before I turned into the person I am today someone signed me up for PALS pure assistant leadership I didn't oh, volunteer boy. someone went like this guy <laughs> he looks so helpful let's put him in there and I actually was a pure counselor for two years because I'm so helpful oh to gosh. people does not make sense with, with nowadays Carl and that pro- program made me more bitter oh
1: no that's terrible I remember that program
0: oh it's terrible but free t-shirts
1: yeah hey you know
0: so when did you uh when do you believe you got the uh the ability to start reading people
1: um i I think more or less it's always been there i mean i could go in this whole you know long story about well i have been awakening at this age but um as a small child i was always experiencing um things that were supernatural in nature and i couldn't i didn't have an explanation for them i saw things that other people couldn't see and um I think it was a little frustrating as a child because my parents were like oh you just have an active imagination I was like no bitch I'm really seeing this
0: I would be your parents (laughs)
1: um (laughs) which I think is hard um it was, it was hard for me. So uh, for a long time I thought, well, maybe I just like made it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, later as an adult, I was in college, um, when I was 19, that's when I, I had taken a yoga class and, um, anybody who's ever taking yoga knows that it makes you more grounded and centered. And in some ways it you know, it can open, open you up to maybe seeing things I did for an um, active
0: class take a yoga class and the teacher was impressed that I got more tense the more we did it
1: oh no that's terrible they were like how did you do this this is doesn't make sense they're like <laughs> cow
0: it, it did cow not work dog, for me and you're like
1: everything hurts
0: it did not work that's for me so but it worked funny. for you okay <laughs>
1: um no anyway so i took that yoga class and then everything just kind of opened up for me um like all the stuff that i had remembered from my childhood was now revisiting me as an adult and i thought okay well i'm an adult now i'm fully cognizant i'm aware of life and i understand how certain things work um and so to be experiencing all the things that I did at that time period was kind of like, uh, it was unnerving because it was, <laughs> it was spooky.
0: Hold on, I'm going to stop video because it's, uh, it's breaking up here. So let's just go back. Yeah, to, that's okay. Let's go back okay, to audio only. Video. The audience can't tell anything. I'm not stopping anything. But yeah, it's going better, I think.
1: It's better but, now. Okay, okay. Cool. continue. I know it's hard because my son is downstairs streaming train videos. Dear God, help me. Well, yeah, you got to um, have something <laughs> busy though. That's right. That's right. The boy loves his train. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I was definitely experiencing a lot of stuff at that time. I was seeing all kinds of things. Um, uh, I had a friend pass on in college and he started communicating with me after he died, which was like super weird. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Do you mean uh, Um, like
0: via dreams or like you'd actually see him when you're awake?
1: No, like, he would, like, talk to me. Like, I would hear him talking to me.
0: Like, full-on like sentences? Like, like like we're eat. doing right now, or?
1: Like, so, it's, you know when you're thinking in your head, and you're hearing your own thoughts, and yes. you're thinking, like, oh, what am I going to do later? I'm going to make lunch. Well, I would hear his voice in my head. And that's okay. And like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, so, that was, it was, it was a very concentrated period, and then it, um I kind of got comfortable with it. probably around the age of 24. All right. And that's when I started very, just like kind of casually giving people readings, like if they wanted them, you know, I would do them. And I, you know, I, it was just like, kind of like a hobby. Um, and I think then, you know, I had children, I had my daughter at 25 and, um, you know, later on I had my son and I, I, you know, spend a lot of that time just like, I was, you know, working on becoming a teacher and just trying trying to raise my kids and like all that. But um, after having my son, I kind of fell into it again because it just felt like something was missing from my life. And um, and so that's part of what I do now because it's I feel like it's part of kind of my path here on Earth to kind of <laughs> help people.
0: Well, I and mean, that, that. that's that's um, very yeah. cool. You're doing something you're passionate about, and I I don't think there's any, any downside to it. To me, it seems. I'm, I'm I'm an atheist. It seems about to me mm-hmm. about as realistic as religion. As long as my thoughts on religion is as long as you're getting something out of it and you're not using yeah. it as a vessel for hate, then I don't care. Yeah. Believe what you want to do. If it helps you and helps other people, that's awesome. So Absolutely. What is a, what is the information people can have if they if they want to get in contact with you about this?
1: Cool. Yeah. So if you're interested in any kind of reading, either or oracle cards or an intuitive reading. Um, you can find me on Instagram and actually we'll chat via live Instagram uh, video chat. And my account is called fairy therapy. That's F A I R Y underscore therapy, fairy therapy on Instagram.
0: I'll try to get after the show's done, get the like, actually just send me the, the links to that and sure. I will put them on, on underneath the, the episode info when I post this on uh, Facebook later.
1: Nice. Sounds good.
0: Okay. So, uh, Let's get into uh, entertainment stuff right now. I, I just remember I last episode I realized that I had no like entertainment questions asked my guests to verify like what their status is on like how people can trust their opinions. So I came up <laughs> with a barometer uh, question oh, to see okay. how people can trust your opinion. And it's just one question. When did you stop watching The Walking Dead? Uh, after season season one. After season one, oh, so you're yeah. You're, you were just too cool for that show that everyone liked. You were just off that bandwagon <laughs> immediately.
1: <laughs> I um, cause how long ago did that show come out?
0: Oh, geez, like none of my friends were married yet. Uh No one. It had was kids. like a decade ago, right? It was a long time. Like it was a whole different world. I I did I know. I, I think I knew my wife, but. It was very new at the time. So it was a long time ago, probably about 10 years or so.
1: Okay, so that's what I was thinking. I feel like it was like a decade ago, yeah. I At the time, I was with um, my daughter's father, and he's like a huge like graphic novel person. And so we had watched um, the first season, and then I think like later when the second season came out, he was like, Ugh, this is not like the graphic novels at all. I hate this. And I was like, yeah, all
0: right. <laughs> oh, so, he's, so you got pushed off the show.
1: Yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I saw the first season and that's it.
0: <laughs> I, it's a, I, I'm on the barometer that if you're still watching now, you're, you're wasting your time. But there's like a good point eh. in the middle where you could have jumped off. Yeah. I, I lasted about a season too long. I was just like, I hate this show, but I'm already in the middle of the season. Let's just see if it makes it good <laughs> by the end of that. And no, it was... Yeah, I didn't, like, they were killing people off. It's like, am I supposed to care who this is? Everyone's reacting like I shouldn't remember this person. But they killed off so much of the cast that I didn't know who the new people were. All right. (laughs) So let's get into, uh, let's get into entertainment news. And I should have pulled this up beforehand. So I'm going to stall by talking weird. All right. uh, (laughs) Here's, here's one uh, that I think is just interesting. And I'm. I know you you play uh, video games a little bit because I see you online every once in a while, but would you call yourself yes. a gamer?
1: Um, I definitely have. That's hard. I don't think I would ever like label myself as a gamer, but I do play video games.
0: I, I label myself as a filthy casual, but uh, I think your husband, filthy casual. <laughs> I think your husband, my former co-host of Unlicensed Film Reviewers, uh, I think yes. he would label himself as one for sure. He Absolutely. He can't that stuff. Uh, So he might be interested into into this so I've been talking about this game a lot in this show It's called the last of us part two. It's probably my favorite game of all time Mm. And they added some new settings for this now. I am a filthy casual. I only play games in the easiest setting I just want to beat it and feel accomplished But there are some people that torture themselves with harder and harder settings and they in this new update they added two new settings one is grounded which they take away basically every special ability that makes that's not realistic, that makes the game easier, and then they added permadeath, which is you only have one life, so you could be playing this game's thirty hours long, you could be playing for twenty hours, get killed off, and have to start over. Do you understand that thought process at all?
1: Yeah, that's not like why it's
0: torturous. <laughs> Sorry, why? Are you? Any hey, other people that were excited about this? Is your husband is he that hardcore gamer? Would you think he'd like this? Um,
1: I feel like he's kind of a glutton for punishment. We we've been playing a lot of uh Cuphead over Oh,
0: I've been wanting to try that with my wife.
1: It's delightful, but it's as he referred to it, uh ball-bustingly hard. <laughs> I've there's several levels that you have to get through in the game before you get to the final boss, but um god I've only beaten like two or three of them and I've got just gotten stuck because it's so hard and then as if that wasn't difficult enough once you finally beat the whole game um all of the (laughs) levels become harder (laughs) if you want to go back and replay them and now he's like oh I gotta go back and replay
0: them it's like no I'm done you
1: already finished you're done
0: I do like there's games so, like that. There's like Dark Souls where like they they kill you off like crazy and that's the point of it. And oh like I don't I don't have the patience for that. I get really pissed no. off playing Mario cuz I die too much. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're like, like
0: I'm done. I get stomachache. I get nauseous if I if I if I play too far past my tolerance. I start feeling sick cuz I get so angry oh, and I just want to throw the too. controller. It's like people find this fun. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to some, uh, the next story. Um, let's. Uh, here's a, here's some new video game news. Also, not all the news is a video game. I swear. Uh, but I thought that's just interesting. So a few years ago, there was a picture that came out of Mario without a shirt on. It turns out that Mario has nipples. <laughs> oh man. And people really like, just entranced by these weird nipples on our little Italian plumber. Well, <laughs> they have. They have. Recently, tweeted a new photo of Mario relaxing at the beach for in celebration of some anniversary, and he no longer has nipples. His nipples are gone. What? No. It's nipplegate. Where do the nipples go?
1: <laughs> nipplegate.
0: I just think it's funny that people, like, that there was a news article about this. Mario's nipples are gone. It's like, it's journalism.
1: <laughs> it's riveting.
0: All right, uh, let's move on to. Uh, that's bad news. I won't do that one. Some news I'm going to save till next week, people, because we're trying to be only positive. Uh, so there's going to be a new. There, I'm a big fan of late night TV. I'm not sure uh, if you are like the late night talk shows.
1: Mm, Yeah, once in a while I watch
0: them. Okay, so there's going to be a new one on Disney+. Plus. This one is aimed at kids, kind of like the one on HBO Max with Elmo is aimed for kids. Mm. There's now a new one, but this one is an original property, unlike Elmo. It's made by the Jim Henson Company. It's called Earth to Ned. And it stars an alien uh, talk show host who is obsessed with Earth culture. And basically each episode, he delves into something about Earth that confuses him. It could be about entertainment. It could be about science be anything like that so it's kind of educational slash fun for kids and then he kidnaps or beams in a, a celebrity guest each episode and interviews them i think that's awesome
1: i think that sounds great anything that jim henson company puts out i'm
0: like uh-huh go on i love yeah because it's not just someone with like uh something glued to their head like i'm a big star trek fan but their aliens are so lazy i I'm much, <laughs> i'd much rather these these puppets that can do so much and are more there than like a CGI alien but not human like. It's very fun. Mm. And I like the idea it's of kids fun. getting into talk show stuff early and maybe and maybe not having to be political and still have <laughs> fun with that stuff cuz I will I love late night TV but it's all like one viewpoint. It's my viewpoint, but it's all one viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, right, like exactly. and we don't we don't need to indoctrinate kids with that too early. Let's have fun with that stuff. So let's do the Elmo show and let's do the the Disney Plus alien show. I think that's fun. Uh, nice. again, along those lines, there's a lot of kids news because kids, kids show news is like the only happy place right now. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is also is now getting a spinoff starring Patrick Starr. Do you watch nice. SpongeBob at all?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I have in the past. Um, I'm obsessed with the musical. It's
0: great. Oh, <laughs> Tasha and I had tickets to go see it in early April and that Didn't Shut happen. Up. Didn't happen. No. COVID-19 the worst thing that happened to anybody during this time is, is we didn't get to go see our musical uh, no. but uh, yeah so it, the music's good in that
1: oh it's great the kids and I love it we listen to it all the time uh, it's a hoot
0: I have to check that out I was, I was just intrigued because it looked like you know like Lion King makes sense to me a little bit more because it's like it can be artistic but like this is mm-hmm. just people in weird costumes they're not being as artistic as Lion King was but uh, so I was a little bit put off when I heard that Patrick Starr was getting his own spinoff because, like, yeah. he's very much a side character. I, I didn't think he could yeah. hold his own. But then they, I heard what the concept is and it fit into something I think is kind of cool. Patrick Starr mm-hmm. is getting his own late night talk show. <laughs> but there's, here's That's the difference. Great. Here's the difference. It is not like the other one where it's about, where it's literally a late night talk show. It is Patrick Starr gets his own late night talk show in the show and it's behind the scenes of him doing his own... Kind of like a Larry Sanders, but with Patrick mm. Starr. And what goes wrong That's behind fun. the scenes of that. And then he'll have on characters from Spongebob and other and other things go on throughout the series. <laughs> I know I'm way too old for Spongebob, but I still love him. You're I, never
1: too old for Spongebob. That, that Let's be real. That show, although geared towards children, is
0: very adult. It is. <laughs> but it still can be like... Uh, like I've seen the movies in theaters... And like the last one came out, I had just seen a, a really depressing movie uh, called *Still Alice*. Amazing film, and I was in I was in a funk for days after that came out. Like that movie stuck with me. It's about late uh no not early onset Alzheimer's. Oh
1: and no, no, that's terrible. It was
0: super sad, and yeah. uh, and so like I was just in a funk for days. And then like I decided to go see *SpongeBob* in theaters. The one *Sponge Out of Water*, the one where he's a superhero, mm-hmm. and. Although I was the only adult there and felt super fucking creepy. Like, for some reason, Disney movies, you could be whatever age. It doesn't seem weird to be in a theater. But SpongeBob, those were little kids. And then one lone dude sitting in the back of the theater. <laughs> but, man, that movie brought me out of my funk. It was so happy and joyful. There's no negativity at all in there. I was just so happy after it's done that after three days of being sad, was finally good again thanks to SpongeBob. So the more SpongeBob, the better. That's awesome. I'm with you. Um, speaking of uh, another kid's show, uh, Disney Channel is actually doing something I think is very cool. They have this show called The Owl House. You ever heard of The Owl House? No, I don't think I have. Okay, I don't, I don't know exactly what the concept is. But uh, in the show, uh, they recently revealed in the prom episode of it, it takes place in a high school, that uh, mm-hmm. one of the main character, I think it might be the lead character, is bisexual.
1: Oh, I did hear about this. I was just reading about this the other day because people were losing their minds. Of course they were. Because the internet is horrible.
0: It's a horrible place. But the but the whole fact that the internet is losing its mind is why this is a good thing. The more it just exactly. becomes a normal thing that we don't think about, the better yeah. it's going to be. Because people Absolutely. are thrown off by things that they don't see. People go like, why well, does it matter what the sexuality is? It matters because it throws you off. Yep. And I think it's very exciting. And it's, it's a kid's show. And... There's nothing wrong with kids learning about that because they learn about heterosexual love at an early age because no one thinks about it. This should be the same thing. I'm excited for this.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I saw
0: that and I was like, hey, hooray! Okay, Uh, let's see. Next. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has uh, launched a new streaming service. And you're thinking, Mm -hmm. like, do we really need a new streaming service? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It's a streaming service that only plays one movie and I'm what? trying to find the name of the movie Oh, it's called foolproof I think he's just <laughs> fucking around and is like you know what I would get in on the streaming <laughs> service thing. it's a movie called foolproof I think he thinks everyone should go see this thing and he's just put it out there
1: that's funny
0: um let's see bad news bad news uh <laughs> there's so much bad news I'm ignoring um the world's last blockbuster is doing a a Interesting thing right now, you know, Blockbuster is still barely around, right?
1: I thought it was just like totally gone.
0: There's one Blockbuster store that has managed to stay open even during this pandemic, and they are doing. Where sp-
1: is it? Alaska
0: or what? West- it's oh, I should have that open. <laughs> I, I, I skim the articles <laughs> and get all the important information. Uh, it is in. I feel like it's in the middle of the U.S. somewhere. It
1: is
0: Oregon, Bend, Oregon.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Well, they're doing a special offer for because yes. the town has kept them open uh, and to show their appreciation. They are going to open up their Blockbuster as an Airbnb for three days. So, any, someone that lives in that town <laughs> can enter a contest through Airbnb. They're going to set up a, a couch and like TV and everything like that in three days. So they're going to shut down the store. You have access to all the, the DVDs and VHS inside the store. They're going to bring you free pizza. And a bunch of candy and and food and stuff like that. You're only gonna have to pay the price of rental a night. It's just a Sign show. Me up. It's just, well, you have to move to Bend, Oregon.
1: No problem.
0: <laughs> so, but it's just like a nice way to show appreciation. I think that's a lot of fun. I wish that was more of a common thing. Bring back these blockbuster things and do. I'd even pay more for it than the than the rental fee. That sounds just fun. That sounds super fun. I'm just wondering, do they ha- still have, like, the glass windows that anyone could see through? Because I'm not sure if I want that. Like, people just looking at me while I'm trying to go to sleep at night in a store parking lot. <laughs> just creeping on you. <laughs> it's it, that, I'm very par- paranoid. I couldn't even do a... We have a public uh, public pool in our in our uh, place right now. I can't mm. do those pools where, like, there's houses looking over the pool and stuff like that. It's not, yeah. like, guy, not like someone's going to skeeve out over me. But for some reason, I'm super <laughs> creeped out by the thought of like someone's watching me while I have my shirt off. <laughs> that's
1: funny.
0: All right, I got one more story, and then we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, this does sound bad at first because it, it ties into something that's bad. But do you know who Chris right. Diello is? Do I know who? Chris Diella.
1: No. Oh, wait. Oh, Adelia. Adelia. I don't know how to say his name.
0: Adelia, whatever. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, yo. That
1: piece of shit.
0: (laughs) Okay, so uh, just for people that don't know, he recently got in trouble for uh, basically propositioning minors and he's been accused of doing other horrible things with people underage. And he's gotten a whole bunch of hot water. He He has stopped his podcast. His Netflix show has been canceled. Now, here's some good things that come out of this. Oh. He was going to be in a Zack Snyder uh, movie uh, called uh, Army of the Dead, another zombie movie made by Zack Snyder, who made Dawn of the Dead a little, uh, like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, sure. They have kicked him out of that movie and have replaced him with someone I adore. Do you know who Tignataro is?
1: Yes, holy shit.
0: She's going to take the Christiella role,
1: Oh, And so I love good. her.
0: Uh, If you guys don't know who she is, check her out. She has comedy specials on on HBO and I think even some on Netflix. She had a TV show on Amazon Prime. She has a documentary, which is what I watched first, which is a weird way to get introduced to her, called Tig that's on Netflix, which is funny and heartbreaking and moving and so fucking good. It's about her and when she's dealing with, like I think, the death of her mother. It's been a few years. The death of her mother and when she gets Mm. cancer and... uh, her trying to find love because she's lesbian and has had a hard time finding love in the Hollywood scene. And, um, it's a really good story. And I just, I became a huge fan of her. I watched her. She once did a comedy special the day she found that she had cancer. She went on uh, to the Laugh Factory or some comedy club and just did a spur of the moment, improvised half hour comedy talking about the fact that she just got cancer. And they, uh, she was recording it just for herself. I think, this again it ties into a bad person. Louis CK was backstage, heard this, and mm-hmm. was like, we need to release this as a special for people to hear. And if you can find that special, it's so amazing. It's really funny mm. about a really dark subject, which is my favorite thing comedy is about. And she's doing good now. She's uh, she hasn't had cancer in many years, she's cancer-free for a few years, and she mm. has a loving wife, and she, she I just more good things for her. She's now on the new Star Trek show, and I love her on that. Go, go oh, Tig yeah.
1: I adore her.
0: So funny and so likable. In a really yeah. deadpan way. I love the way she does yeah. does everything. Very deadpan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the entertainment news. Uh, going, continuing on with the positivity that Amanda pushed on me in this episode. I thought we would, uh, <laughs> since uh, people are still social distancing and still looking for things to do, I thought I would find things to recommend to people to enjoy that are also positive and good feeling entertainment. So I we each pick a book, a TV show, and a movie that we fi- feel fits into this criteria of happy stuff to listen to, or, or mm-hmm. to entertain you. So Amanda, uh, do you want to go first with your book?
1: Sure. Um, so my book recommendation is uh, *The Neverending Story* by Michael Ende.
0: Okay. The
1: English translation. Of course,
0: of, very uh, German.
1: Yeah, it was originally in in German. It was a German fantasy novel. I mean,
0: if you want to check that out, go for it. The German version.
1: <laughs> but uh, the English translation in the book is uh, by Ralph Mannheim. Uh, it came out in nineteen eighty three. Um, I just finished rereading the whole novel with uh, my daughter, Okay. who is nine, and has she seen the movies? In... What's that?
0: Has she seen the movies, or is she, she just introduced uh, her to the book? She's books? seen
1: the first. She's seen the Neverending Story film, the one that came out in okay. the 80s. Um, but she was like, oh, there's another one. I was like, we're not going to watch that one.
0: <laughs> I am a sucker. I like the second one. I hate Did the you really? third. Okay. I hate the third one with a passion. But the, the second one. I didn't even one,
1: know there was a third one. Oh, so now I feel-
0: it came straight to video years later. Early Jack Black as a bad guy. They take. Oh dear. But here's what they do that's terrible. There's about five minutes in Fantasia in the third movie. Most of it is they take the characters of Fantasia to the real world, which is dumb. Oh,
1: you mean Fantastica?
0: In the book, it's Fantastica. In the movie, it's Fantasia. Oh, that's weird. See, Fantasia makes me think of Disney, and that's confusing. Well, yeah, but it's before Disney. Oh no, it's not. Because Fantasia is like 1930s. (laughs) Never mind. Before I knew about that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is there anything else you want to go into with that book sorry I interrupted
1: you no yeah it's okay no I I just really um, enjoy it I think the film and the book are totally not totally different the first half of the
0: book is very close the second half is very different I've read this very close yeah it's yeah (laughs) okay so I just
1: like it a lot and it's a feel good story Um, it's you know it's about a a little boy who, who in the beginning is just very uncomfortable with himself. He's chubby and um, he doesn't really have any friends and he makes up stories all the time and, um, and just, but is struggling. Like he gets bullied at school. And so when he finds this book and just how it transforms him, it's just, it's just, it makes, it's very feel good. I love it. Okay.
0: Good recommendation. Uh, Mine. It's a little bit newer, about 2008. It's called *Agent to the Stars* by John Scalzi. I've recently discovered this author, like in November, and I've already read three of his books. This author has won me over completely, and this is a cool concept. Basically, this guy's brought over to his—he works at, a, at a, as an agent uh, in a talent agency, trying to get you know, with Hollywood. And he's brought into his boss's office, and his boss is like, "I have an alien in this fish tank, and he wants to find a way." To introduce his race to the human race, uh, but he's seen our movies and knows that people are afraid of what they don't understand. So you can hang out with this alien and find a way to put him, pitch him to people through via Hollywood. And it's about basically behind the scenes stuff. It's dealing with crazy Hollywood clients while also dealing with uh alien friend who can morph into like a dog and different stuff like that. <laughs> and it's really, it's really goofy and really fun. And what this author does that I love is he takes these really bizarre concepts. And you, you, you think of like well what about this what about this what about this he explores everything you can possibly think of with this concept before he wraps it up and it's very fun there are actually surprisingly some dark moments in there but it pays off happily in the end i recommend almost anything by this author but for this episode i'm gonna say agent to the stars
1: mm,
0: nice all right let's go with tv show next
1: okay uh, my TV show recommendation is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend.
0: I love um, that show. You, you what? I love that show.
1: It's so good. I don't watch um, anything CW, but I binge, love her. Yeah, I, I binge-watched most of it. Um, there's four seasons. You can find them all on Netflix uh, for streaming. Um, yeah, it, the, the show is just thoroughly enjoyable. If you've never seen it, it's... Um, it's about um, a, a crazy ex-girlfriend who um, sees all these situations in her life as musical numbers, and it's just really well done. Um, the star of the show, uh, Rachel Bloom, um, uh, wrote a majority of the songs along with uh, another um, person Yes, whose name I am blanking on. I Sadly, think he passed uh, away. He, was, um, he passed away. He had COVID-19. I'm yeah. so saddened by that. But... Um, all of his work lives on yes. in uh, that that TV show, and it's just very feel-good and entertaining and really, really well done and well-written.
0: And I love the, the fact that, like, uh, I don't know if you watched this show, but I had no interest in it. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a musical, oh, but it's all... Oh, I love that show. It's all, I, I lost interest when it wasn't original music. It's just, it felt like Glee or something like that to me. The thing I like about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend mm. is that it is all original music that she wrote herself. And she's been, be- even yes. before that, I was a fan of her YouTube channel before the show, which is the only reason I yeah. watched it. And she did some really funny songs. Like, if you can find Jazz Fever, it's about a girl who has syphilis, <laughs> but she thinks she just get- gets a fever from too much jazz and gets really into jazz music. And you're like, no, you're dying. And she's like, no, it's just jazz. The only cure for jazz fever is more jazz. And it's a really fun song. Uh, check, check check out, uh, uh, I think it's called Rachel Does Stuff, her YouTube channel. She's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: All right, my TV show is a little bit older than yours. It's from early, and late 80s, early 90s. It's Quantum Leap. Uh, nice. It is about a guy, it's a time travel show, which I love time travel, about a guy who's trapped in the past. He takes on the form of somebody else whenever he goes into different time zones and basically tries to fix something that once went wrong in the past. And he has a quirky sidekick that appears in the form of a hologram, the only he can see. And it is fixed history and it's always very, for the most part, very lighthearted, fun, goofy, but also strangely dramatic in some areas. But almost every episode leaves you in a really good mood. It's very wholesome. I almost always like things a little bit more uh, gray, but this is very much black and white, good guys, bad guys, or not even always bad guys. Sometimes it's just social situations that need to be fixed. And just keeps you in a really good mood and has a stupid catchphrase. Oh, boy. But it makes you so happy. And uh, <laughs> I, it's also one of the shows I, I miss is in TV shows where they have the, the, the intro of the show. tells you everything about it in the first, like, a minute. So you get the whole concept. And shows don't do that anymore. They just get to the two-second theme song. It's over. I want to be introduced. I want to meet everybody. It's fun. And I've, I've hooked so many people that have never heard of that show and probably would have never watched it. I've hooked so many people up on that show just like, Hey, we're, you're hanging out. Why don't you just watch an episode of this show? And then they're in. So good. All right. Let's move on to the movies. So this is the last thing we're going to do. Uh, what is the movie that you picked?
1: My feel-good movie pick is The Birdcage. Great um, movie. Which hopefully you've seen it yes <laughs> but if you haven't it's um it's a comedy it came out in 1986 um it's got robin williams gene hackman and nathan lane diane Weiss, calista Flockhart, hank zaria christine bransky it's it's brilliant casting but it's, um it's a remake of the 1978 film la Cage
0: foe there's a it's um, a re- i did not know it was a remake
1: Yes. It was also, um, a musical. So there's a musical called La Caja Fo as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it is just so enjoyable. It's so funny. Um, it's about an openly gay owner of a drag club, um, in South beach, Florida, who, you know, his life partner is, is very like a feminine man who's the star attraction of the club. And they live in an apartment um above the drag club and just shenanigans ensue <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite movies
0: i love that movie and what i really like about this movie is you get a different side of robin williams than you usually do usually he's the goofy man but in this for mm-hmm. lack of a better words, because he's playing a gay character he's a straight man yeah. and he yes. does it so well <laughs> and I, I i i think you don't get to see that that often where he's upstaged by somebody else and I'm always a bigger fan of the straight man in movies because I feel like they're underrated. Because it's so hard to yeah. do. Everyone loves a big character, but all you have to do is swing for the fences. I'm not saying it doesn't take talent. What Nathan <laughs> Lane did in there wasn't amazing, but to be able to play that in a really in a way that makes you still likable when you're doing it, I think he did a great job. And Gene Hackman, who I miss, and also Ron Williams, who I miss. Yeah. Okay. Although people don't think Gene, Gene Hackman is still alive. He just retired like 15 years ago. Okay, uh, <laughs> my movie is not as, as fun as that. It's not a straight-up comedy. It's a dramedy, but I feel like it's a feel-good movie. And it's one I think a lot of people kind of forgot about. Like, it's really big when it came out, and then everyone forgot about it. It's Pleasantville. Mm. I love this movie so much. My dad had this when I lived with him. And it's probably his most watched movie that, of his that I, 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 that I saw. And when I moved out, one of the first movies I bought for myself was Pleasantville, uh, for those of you who don't know, it has a concept that sounds like it should be terrible, which is two kids that don't get along <laughs> are sucked into a TV show and have to survive in that world. But it ends up being about so much more than that. It takes on uh, racism, takes, takes about, talks about uh, learning about yourself and finding true happiness, not living with other people's expectations of you. And uh, mm-hmm. it's got great actors. It's got William H. Macy, you got Toby Maguire, Reese Witherspoon, and probably one of her best performances uh, there's there's more people in there. It's just Paul Walker before he was Fast and Furious. He's in there. Uh, it's it's a great film, uh, amazing ending. And by the time it's all over, even though there are some dramatic points in there, you feel great about yourself. Oh, and also it has the mom from Malcolm in the Middle for like two seconds. So yeah, check um, out yeah. Pleasantville. All right, so for the end of the show, something I used to do on this on this podcast on my last podcast when I had Amanda on was we would take something that wasn't a musical and we would pitch a musical version of that. So we decided to do that again today. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Go first Carl. okay go ahead.
0: So we took one of our three projects and we turned that into a musical. Now I did Pleasantville and hold on let me pull up my my listing. So for this so what we're gonna do we're not gonna sing any songs don't worry I can't sing so you no know <laughs> one wants to hear that. We're going to pitch situations and what kind of song and stuff like that, that it would be in there. So for Pleasantville the musical, there will be no musical numbers until they are sucked into the TV. I feel like that's important to, to show like the real world versus the TV world. You need a different tone there. I like that. Uh, so right when they get sucked in there, the first song is called Pleasant Day in Pleasantville. And it's it's one of those big numbers where you have like the entire town come in there and do like a big musical number. And it's all happy go lucky, and everyone's just over the moon. It's really almost golly gee, too sweet kind of a song to fit in with the style because Pleasantville's show in the movie is like a Leave It to Beaver type of over the top wholesome show. That's what Pleasantville is. Uh, so after the, so for the first scene where they start when people start getting the better when they start like growing as people or just changing as people they go from black and white to color and the world starts changing with them so uh for that one there's a sex scene that's the time in the movie when there's the first show of color so while they're having sex there's a song playing called seeing color which i feel fits in with the sex scene but also like is actually about what's going on at the time (laughs) nice (laughs) uh jeff daniels and the mom of the movie um have a really good relationship where he he's a guy that's always been like working at this diner and he, every year he looked forward to like painting his windows for Christmas. And Toby McGuire goes like, you know, you could paint your window other, other days of the year. You don't have to do it just on Christmas. That's one, a one day year thing. And he's like, oh my God, you so get so excited about that. So he starts painting things. And then the mom in there realizes she doesn't want to be like a housewife to William H. Macy. And, just, you know, just do, like, the beautiful 1950s stereotype housewife thing. And so she starts hanging out with Jeff Daniels because they both are kind of, like, unhappy with the law in life and trying to do things differently. So uh, the song is Never Knew I Wasn't Happy. And so it's like a duet of them singing together. And then I'm a sucker for this. In my, one of my last ones in my last podcast, I used a song that already existed in the movie and just put it in there. For this one... This is when I first found this song. And I love this song. It's a song, At Last. It plays while they're driving up to Lover's Lane when uh, they first, Tom McGuire first experiences it and sees like the whole of Lover's Lane. It's covered in color. And so that song will play. And then uh, you got the song where like all the men in town, that are unhappy that their wives are going and, you know, they're in color now and they're not making them dinner when they get home at 5 and they're not ironing their shirts and they're, so they're all just hanging out the bowling alley and the men sing what's so wrong with the same old thing and then at the end of this <laughs> of the movie when the whole town turns into color we see seeing color again reprise so that's the musical Pleasantville
1: That's amazing. That's so well thought out and it, like it works. <laughs>
0: Lots of all things right, could work, and that's so why Hollywood keeps on making movies into musicals. You can work with this very easily.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely, and I love that. That it's so funny. I'd forgotten. all about that movie. I'd forgotten
0: all about Everyone it. Everyone like did, and it's most. so good. I highly recommend you check that out. It's so fun. That's awesome.
1: So um, for mine, obviously, like I, I don't want to touch the bird cage, and I don't want to touch. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because there's already Yeah, it's (laughs) very hard to (laughs) be very hard to turn
0: You have to take away away the music (laughs) make it less fun Yeah,
1: be like and we're subtracting it Um, so I'm leaving this alone so um, the musical version of the never-ending story so Awesome I had thought about this kind of like because and if you've ever read the novel it's pretty lengthy Um, it's 26 chapters each chapter starts with the letter of an alphabet of the alphabet in um alphabetical order so i didn't i uh, listened to
0: the audiobook so i didn't notice that
1: oh yeah it's really cool because if you look at the uh the book each page starts with this huge ornate letter at the beginning of every chapter so you see like this huge a or an f or whatever um and then the last chapter is uh z so (laughs) anyway i was like oh you could do this like as, like, a, kind of, like, a, maybe, like, a three-part opera. Okay. Or something like that. Um Because I feel like there is a lot of um drama and, like, heightened moments in it that would lead itself to, like, the theatrical aspect of opera. Like, because with opera, you have to have very high stakes. Like, someone's gonna die, you know, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and just the costumes um,
0: alone would fit in with opera.
1: Yeah, so... Um, similarly to kind of what you had said, like, I don't think that there should be a ton of music until he starts reading the book. Definitely. So, um, you know, he find he stumbles into the, the bookshop and f- steals this book away from the man who owns the bookshop and he starts reading it in the school attic. And once he starts reading, um, you know, we would kind of like see him like almost like the the shadow of him like reading the book while all the action is taking place. And so, so kind of like an artistic um, thing
0: and like hanging out on the corner, you see a shadow, but uh, like you, you see action yeah. still going on. That's cool. I like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So and I was like, oh, I was like, this needs to happen. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, and it sets up the whole story. And so um, I feel like you'd have to have uh, like this opening scene when you see all, all the little creatures coming together to go, to go to the childlike empress there should be a song called the nothing because you have to find out what the nothing is and like i think that in and of itself is difficult to explain in the book i i know i was when i was trying to explain it to my daughter she's like wait so like what is it i was like it's the nothing
0: <laughs> <laughs> so is, it, is this know? like is this like the town meeting with everybody kind of thing and like it's like a whole cast thing or is this a small yeah i
1: i think it's like a full cast number where they're trying to explain what it is and and you know understanding like that the childlike empress is dying okay um and then yeah and then we're fine and then we find atreyu of course uh who sets off with his horse on the mission to go find a cure for the childlike empress and um i feel like you have to have a very like somber sad ballad uh spoiler alert um (laughs) When the horse dies,
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> like, yeah, I just, don't think anyone's just, spoiled by that. That traumatized so many people.
1: It's so messed up. And you know what? The funny. Oh, well, I don't know if it's funny, but the um, I find it sadder in the book because the horse talks.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. that it's threw so me off. So
1: depressing. Like I don't know why, but that I know. I messed so. up. A
0: talking horse dying made me oh, laugh. My. So that's part. It's part of the happy go lucky for me.
1: <laughs> so that's, that's very cheery. Um, but yeah, I feel like when the horse, you know, gets stuck in the swamps of sadness, you have to have, um, the, these very depressing ballad called Artax. Um, and then, you know, we move on, there's so much that happens in the book, so I'm not going to mention it all because it would take forever a yes. but, um, I feel like you have to have like a very fun number once we're finally introduced to Falcor, the luck dragon, and there's like this very upbeat, uh, you know, it would have to be some sort of, like, special effects number. And we see, you know, a Atreyu on Falcor's back, and they're, like, riding through the wind. And um, because uh, Falcor is a very delightful character, so, like, he gets his own song.
0: I would love him. to see the staging for this. I hope Hopefully it wouldn't be another Spider-Man turn off the dark and goes okay. Oh, oh Lord. But it'd be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> um, Yes, yeah, so you get a very fun song with uh, Falcor and Trey's riding on his back, and it would be, like, a very upbeat number because... Was delightful, and then um, I think one of the other songs I was thinking about is uh, one of the main villains in the book. Although he's killed off fairly early in the book, is uh, Gamork, which is the wolf that's like after Atreyu. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so you get like kind of like a dark villain musical number. With, Those are with
0: always my favorite songs. Um,
1: yeah, which is the best. That is the best kind of song. So, um. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I could go into the rest of the book, but so you just really you
0: said when you said three parts, you meant like the first like a three part musical, like you just released this part of the musical, and then later on you release yeah. the other part. Okay, you do. Like I thought you were saying one, three two, acts. Three, okay, yeah. gotcha. So it'd be an expensive yeah. ticket, like that cursed child thing where they have you have to buy part one <laughs> and part two separately. Ooh, expensive <laughs> well, night at like, theater. Like, well,
1: if you think about it in an opera aspect like um there's this very famous uh german opera uh it's, it's the the wrangle trilogy so it's like okay. the wakier and it's the whole thing but it's a three-part opera so like they're all separate operas and you could watch them separately but they're part of a trilogy so you would have to like watch the first one the second one and then the third
0: one i so. didn't know that was common in place i thought the sequels was a hollywood thing no
1: it definitely is not <laughs>
0: Okay, well, that's that's very cool. I, I would definitely yeah. go see that one. I like opera. I've seen I've seen one, but I enjoyed it greatly. I'd love to see your Never Ending Story opera. Would it be in English? Are there any English yeah. operas?
1: Oh, yeah, there's a ton of English operas. The first opera I ever saw um, over at L.A. Opera years ago was actually an English opera version of Fantastic Mr. Fox.
0: Oh, well, then I'm a dick because I told my wife when went to go see La Boheme I was like, she's like, is this in English? I was like, no, opera's not in English. And I was a dick to her. Oh, I was like, you, no, didn't, he you didn't know, you didn't know that opera's always in a foreign language. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to no. I was going to say, I'm going to apologize to my wife, but I'm just not going to admit this ever happened.
1: Just don't, just don't tell her. No,
0: I'm just forever going to be right in her eyes. That's how That's she right. sees me is always right. All right, well, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this show, Amanda. Oh,
1: thank you for having me. It was a lot
0: of fun. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have you on again sometime. I Also, uh, let your husband know I would love to have him on here again uh, sometime, too. Got yeah, a... he was
1: just telling me he wanted to do that,
0: so. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I want him on. So, like, I, I've been booked up for a little while. Uh, surprise, I wasn't trying to get guests, and suddenly, like, I got a ton of guests. So, it's cool. It's working nice. out well. Uh, so yeah, but definitely probably by October or something like that, I'll, uh, try to get them on here. Nice. All right. Uh, well, uh, do you want to throw out your plugs, uh, one more time?
1: Yeah. One more time. So, um, if you are interested or know anybody who's interested in, at this point, virtual voice lessons, um, although hopefully back in person at some point, um, you can find me at voicewithamanda.com. And if you're in interested in any kind of intuitive readings or you'd like an oracle card reading, uh, done at all. You can find me on Instagram at fairy therapy, uh, and we can touch base there.
0: All right. Thank you so much. This has been Unlicensed Entertainment. I'm your host, Carl Lintner. Uh, see you in probably two weeks. Bye.